0: developing expert knowledge or expert ability is your own process of discovery and taking ownership for your learning ladies and gentlemen hi
1: everybody good evening are you ready keep this frequency clear i know
0: you're gonna dig this oh yeah okay here we go Check, check it out
1: Hi, this is George Free, and welcome to another episode of the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast, episode number 18. I have with me today Paul Schreiner. Now, Paul Schreiner is a coach at Marcelo Garcia Academy in New York, and if you recall episode 13 with Jess Fraser from the Australian Girls and Guy, Jess was talking about Paul within all her traveling around the globe of training at different clubs and learning jiu-jitsu, Paul Schreiner was the one person that stood out for her that really left the biggest impact, that really stood out for her with his unique coaching abilities and really being able to articulate his learning and, and making an impact on someone, getting his message across of not just teaching different techniques but also being able to really explain the art and the transitioning of the different moves and so forth. So This is a very in-depth conversation, I really enjoyed this, this is not so much about the business side of martial arts, although as a martial arts business owner you will get a lot of value from this, just learning from about how they go about things and working with Marcelo Garcia and just their pure passion for martial arts, there's a lot of gold in this episode. Now of course for more of the business stuff you can head over to martialartsmedia.com forward slash plan to be exact. We give away a free martial arts business plan for online media, which kind of defines how you can be marketing your business, what you should be focusing on, and gives you a bit of a holistic view of how you can approach online marketing and and really covers a lot of the pitfalls that people are, are facing right now with marketing, you know, doing one marketing strategy and it's not working or it stops working, and this gives you a bit of a holistic view and approach of how you can approach marketing your business and get more leads. Now, as always, the show notes, transcriptions, and all links mentioned in this episode can be found at martialartsmedia.com forward slash 18. That's the number 18. And I want to keep this short and jump straight into the interview. So please welcome to the show, Paul Schreiner. Good day, everyone. Today, I have with me Paul Schreiner. Now, if you recall, on episode 13, I interviewed Jess Fraser, and Jess was discussing Within her travels training at Marcelo Garcia Academy. And the one person that stood out for her as a coach was Paul Schreiner. So I wanted to uh, get Paul on for an interview and just have a chat about his involvement in Jiu jiu Jitsu, his coaching methods, and so forth. So welcome to the call, Paul. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I guess just to go right from the beginning, who is Paul Schreiner? Let's see. So
0: I'm basically just a guy that does jiu-jitsu full-time I'm 38 I started jiu-jitsu when I was uh, 17 I think and I'm from Santa Cruz California so you know I grew up I grew up surfing a lot I grew up in a in a pretty I don't know crazy family or you know progressive family my 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 dad was uh kind of a you know like a social activist and we lived out of a, a VW van a lot and drove to Central America every summer, and so I got a lot of, you know, world exposure that way, I guess. And grew up surfing, and I wrestled my senior year of high school, and I was, uh, or actually my junior year of high school, and then I was looking to, you know, to continue, you know, with a sport and. I saw that there was jiu-jitsu in town, and you know, I had seen the, the first UFC, like everyone, at that point. This was back in like 96, 97, and uh, yeah, I, start, I started training jiu-jitsu, and, and other than some injuries, I haven't really looked back. Uh, so teaching was just a, a logical progression for you know, how to stay involved with the
1: sport uh, for me. So f- from your training, did, did you evolve into tournaments and, and so forth?
0: Yeah, so in the beginning I just uh in the beginning I was just still mostly fo- focused on, you know, surfing and you know, traveling and you know, jiu-jitsu was a hobby for the first couple years. And I I injured my knee on a surf trip and I had to take really a couple years off of everything. I had to take about a year and a half, 2 years off. I had a I got an infection in my knee and it required a bunch of surgeries to try to get it more or less uh functional again and at that point when i went back to jujitsu i actually just recently told this story i hadn't thought about it for a while but i remember i was driving i was driving past the academy and it wasn't there and then i was driving closer to my house and i saw it, it just like it had reopened like the the school i started at had reopened uh, in my neighborhood and my old coach garth taylor's truck was out front so i I just pulled in the parking lot and walked in and it was Garth was training with BJ Penn and JD and um, they were getting ready for the world championships when they were both Brown belts and BJ just got it. He was getting his black belt like the following week to compete as a black belt in the world championship. So I walked in and saw those guys training and I, you know, I had been out of it for about a year or two. And so like I, I just hadn't been exposed to that level of jujitsu and, I walked in and I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. So basically ever since that day, I've been training full time with the intention. Back then, my intention was to, to you know, compete and win tournaments. And, and uh, I competed a lot for a bunch of years. And uh, pretty early on in my competition, I realized that it was, it was valuable to compete not just for me, but to, as part of the school and then, you know, that it would be an invaluable experience to have if I wanted to coach and teach jujitsu someday. So I always looked at competition through the lens of, you know, the challenge, the personal challenge to win and and as a way to experience jujitsu on a deeper level and something that I'd be able to share with, with other people someday.
1: So what does, what does that mean for you? The, the deeper side of jujitsu? Uh, I guess it's
0: just the the idea of you know taking anything and and getting better at it you know every day and you know the the idea that that you know that you're working for this towards this perfection or this excellence that isn't you know isn't the perfection isn't attainable, but the the excellence the near perfection is is something that we can experience and you know just trying to to sharpen sharpen ourselves and it, it, you know, I feel like also it, it, I was a little directionless as a, as a teenager and as a young adult and jujitsu just gave me something that I could always, you know, no matter what else I was doing in my life, I could always train and I felt like a, a, a better version of myself for it, you know, and then just the other lesson that jujitsu teaches us is, you know, how to confront our ego or how to, how to get get our ass kicked and get smashed and get held down and and not be able to to get out but but not not give up too and and learn how to find space and breathe and survive, you know, in in any situation. So those are some of the deeper you know, nothing too esoteric or spiritual, just the idea that it's something that we uh can make incremental progress at if we apply ourselves so we show up every day and we show up, you know, with a with respect and you know the the requisite concentration and and you know give it our best give it our best. I, I was really in college I took a lot of art classes and one of my my painting or my drawing and painting teachers, Howard Ikimoto was you know to this day he's probably the most influential teacher I've had in my life just in terms of how how he approached the you know, just the process really. So, so for me, it's, it, it was never so much about the result. It was just about, it's always been about the process and it still is. So, I mean, to this day, I, I, I make time, you know, a few hours a week to, to drill and work on new positions and go back to, you know, stuff I haven't done that I used to do 10 years ago. I don't do anymore and see if I could Reconnect with those techniques and it fits in with what I'm doing now So I'm still trying to engage in the process to make myself better as a martial artist and then I try to uh, I try to pass along and, and communicate that that passion for for falling in love with the process and, and Being respectful of the process and that's really what I try to pass along to the students rather than any particular idea of, of jujitsu
1: so you you highlight there the the process of of applying and, and you said that this teacher was your most influential teacher because of that. Can, can you elaborate a bit more on, on process and how you apply it?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, it, not to be disappointing, uh, or not to disappoint, but I don't have a, a particular uh, methodology. Really. I was, you know, that teacher. And also I, I was, I started to get involved with like Zen Buddhism when I was in my early 20s and meditation. And so the process for me, it was just, for example, just training or, or giving my best or going and fighting. And then afterwards, the, you know, the breaking down, the you know, the natural analytics of what you do after a match, breaking that down with my coach, uh, my coaches, with myself, sometimes writing things down, just trying to search for watching video, studying afterwards. And then the next day trying to literally forget everything that I had studied, which, and, and then go in as a blank slate again and, and, you know, practice whatever my coach said to practice that day without asking questions and then then train and then have the questions come and then have the, the process to break it down again and, and restart the next day. So and just looking for sparks of insight for me, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, that's the way I respond as a, as a, you know, a learner of anything is I I try to find, you know, a little insight to a very particular situation and then try to see if I could expand that across the board in, you know, in whatever I'm studying. So I mentioned this recently in another interview, uh, but for me now, the, my process that I've understanding my own learning process in jiu-jitsu i've been trying to apply to, to fly fishing which is something i've taken up more seriously the past three or four years uh i did as a kid and then i got out of it and now i'm you know getting back into it and trying to trying to understand and figure out how to get better at that too and en- enjoy the ride you know
1: awesome it's, it's not disappointing at all it, it sounds like you you're very aware of of what you do and then And then really just being open minded about what you did, analyzing, breaking it down, and just really improving it.
0: It, And then the other thing I would say is just as part of understanding yourself is is and especially as someone who's competitive and I'm reasonably competitive. I'm not extremely competitive anymore, I don't think. But is how to how you relate to your ego, you know. And I think I think there's a little bit of a like kind of people bullshit around the idea of you know the that we were completely letting go of our ego and we step in the door and it's more for me at least was always trying to understand how to harness that how to harness my ego and my desire to you know to beat whatever training partner that was beating me and figure out and study you know what techniques and what timing that I I needed to you know to equal to, to equalize and and maybe even pass pass them in training and then you know, again and then forget about that and, and then be able to be kind of, you know, just present and aware and in the moment and then, you know, you get smashed and you get held down by the same person every day. And uh it starts to drive you crazy and it you just kinda without making a personal grudge, you can kinda like channel that ego into into figuring out what you need to do to make yourself better, you know, and make yourself more complete in jujitsu. And I was always and I still continue to be driven, not just by competition jiu-jitsu, but I mean, I'm still trying to understand what jiu-jitsu is, but it's a, it's a big thing. And that encompasses self-defense and, and, you know, self-control and competition and, you know, ballet and, and, you know, everything else. So I'm still, I'm still, as you can see, kind of
1: sorting it out. You, you're miles ahead. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So how did, how did working at Marcelo Garcia Academy come about?
0: So obviously, like, actually, even before Marcelo came onto the scene in 2003, I'd had, I would, you know, when most of us became aware of Marcelo, at his, you know, his breakup performance at Abu Dhabi, I mean, a lot of people obviously knew who he was already and won the Worlds at every belt level, you know, from blue juvenile to, you know, purple adult. And brown adult, and so it wasn't so much of a surprise that he was he was something special. I wasn't super aware of him except in Brazil. I'd you know heard people talking about this this kid from from Fabio's school that was that was amazing. And uh, then after two thousand three, I became a big fan of his. And in two thousand four, I attended a seminar that he taught, and we got to know each other. And then when I would at the time I was from about 2000 to 2007 or 2008, I was spending about four to six months a year in Brazil training and competing. And so I would run into Marcelo at tournaments and we'd always talk and, you know, just say hi. I interviewed him one time for, for on the mat, uh, that, uh, website. And I don't, know. we just kind of stayed in touch. And then I was with, Dave Camarillo, who was one of my main trading partners for a long time, uh, at the, at the Pan Ams, it would have been in 2006, I think, or maybe even the 2000, yeah. And, or 2007 Pan Ams. And I just competed and, uh, Marcelo was there and he, uh, you know, I introduced Dave to Marcelo and then Marcelo invited us to us out to New York to help him train for Abu Dhabi. So we, Dave Camarillo bought me a ticket, and we came to New York for two weeks, and and uh, trained with Marcelo. And so that was really how I got to know him better. And then after that, every time, uh, you know, for if he had a big event coming up, or if I had something I was competing in, I would try to uh, to make the trip, you know, from California to to New York, and then later to to Florida, and then back to New York to help him train or or help get myself ready. So that was kind of how the the genesis of of me getting to know Marcello and uh we always you know i always got along really really good with him he's kind of what you see is what you get with you know i feel like a lot of us i'm sure feel like you know him already uh that he's like that the guy who's always has a big smile and he never has, has to you know act or pretend like he's a tough guy and then he's just an absolute beast <laughs> uh, when he steps on the mat and yeah, so I always, we always got along as a great sense of humor and, uh, we just kind of became friends. And at some point I told him, that if you ever would oh, be interested in, you know, in moving out there just to train with him. And, um, you know, I guess one thing led to another and he opened a school in New York and he invited me to come be, be, uh, the instructor or the other instructor with him. So I moved here to New York in 2009 and uh, yeah, I've been here ever since, uh, teaching and training full time. You know, now we have a number of other teachers at the school. We have Bernardo Faria. Uh, we have Marcos Tinoco, Manchur Kara, Matheus Denise, um, Jonathan Satava, Joel Borges. And, you know, we have some up and coming people who are going to be great teachers like Scott Kaplan and, and, uh,
1: and Phil. So yeah, we're, we're in, we're we're in good company here. That's excellent. That's something I just mentioned is you have a lot of depth within your, within your, in your, your club that there's just so many good trainers, but I do want to ask you what, what is the, and I I guess there's many, but what is sort of the core one or two things that you've learned from Marcelo? Well, that's, I mean, one, it's showing up, you know,
0: Not that I was unaware of the importance of that before, but you know, just Marcelo doesn't, as a coach, he never asks you to do anything that he doesn't do himself. So there's nothing artificial about training. It feels like there's something that you're, you know, there's a culture of hard work that you're, you guys are all in there together, making yourselves better. And it, it it really, it helps you believe in yourself or it helps you believe in the technique. You know, I, I, I was told, you know, one time a lot earlier in my jujitsu journey that the most important thing above all else is that you believe in the technique and, you know, that'll substitute even for belief in yourself when you, when things get really rough, if you believe, can believe in the technique and commit to it, you know, there's some situations where things are so bad in the fight that if you're, if you're just thinking like, you know, how could I do it? there's a, you could potentially give up, but if you, you know, if you have that faith in the technique, it's gonna, it's gonna work. And so Marcelo really has that, that absolute belief in the technique and it, like if the techniques going to work, it's going to work against anyone. It's not going to work. It, you know, it's not like it's going to fall apart because this guy's bigger and stronger than you. So I think that, you know, the value of hard work and showing up every day and, and being there twice a day and cutting out the distractions, from your life, and then um, I don't know pressure. You know, just just staying ahead of your opponent, and and you know, being aggressive, looking for the looking for the the finish. And that's what I respect about Marcellus Jiu-Jitsu. It's not overly strategic. It's about you know two people fighting until one person quits, basically, which I think is the the big idea behind Jiu-Jitsu. You know, that's what made me fall in love with it in the first place it wasn't because i could sweep and win a match by two points which i'm happy to do i'd rather win by two points than or by an advantage than lose but the idea is to to you know to step out there and and fight until you make the make your opponent tap and Marcelo really epitomizes that that spirit you know like he would almost rather lose the lose the match than hold anything back and and not go for the kill that's
1: powerful Right there. So I want to I want to step back to just your your coaching methods, and I know you you mentioned you know that you're not so focused on a particular process or so forth. But it's it's something that when I asked Jess when when Jess Fraser spoke about this, you know she was really inspired by the way that you teach and explain jujitsu as such. So can is, can you elaborate a bit more on that on your on your teaching method and how you handle, I guess, different people and different learning abilities and different styles and so forth.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a governing principal, I'm always trying to strip down rather than elaborate whatever I'm doing. And I, I mean, I think there's, you can be like a, a great, I feel like, you know, a lot of times in the past, I was given, you know, credit I didn't deserve as, as a good coach when it looking back, I don't think I was because I was a good explainer of moves. And I think that's almost the, one of the least important things about coaching now is, or, you know, being a teacher is being the explainer of moves. It's more about getting your student to be able to do it and, and understanding how the moves connect and the art of, you know, redirecting your opponent's attack against them and your 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 attacks and your your jiu-jitsu connecting together within your body and then that relating in a really uh you know kind of binary way with what's coming at you like there's a there's a so it's not a mess it's not just you throwing techniques you know against the wall that our jiu-jitsu is connected with our opponent's doing and then understanding the physics of it in the in the the mechanics of jiu-jitsu in a very simple way that we can communicate, but also understanding the art, like the, you know, what, what's, what's going on between, you know, between the moves to our opponent or, or to our, to our students rather. You know, I think that I heard BJ say this one time and I think it's, it's pretty like jiu-jitsu is the, the marriage or the, the union of basically two things, technique and will to win. And You can't just train one and not train the other. You know, you can't be the most technical guy and have no desire to win and no, no will that pulls you through the fight to survive and, and find a way to, to turn the fight and make our, and, you know, go for the kill. And we can't, you know, only have that belief in ourselves or that desire to kill and, And not have the technique to back it up. It's really, it's really both. And again, it relates to our belief in the technique helps to build our will, and it helps to build our will in a general sense, and it helps to build our will within the fight, right? So it's kind of getting our students to understand how how they can access their own their own power, you know. And and I'm I'm a blue belt at that. I'm a purple belt at that. You know, you look at someone like Fabio Gagliolo or Marcelo or you know, a lot of the Gracies, Hillian, like they're, they're, they're black belts in that. Another thing that I think, you know, like you see, you definitely see in like the art world or, you know, in the creative world that I've always, you know, been an adherent of is that you, you kind of take what works. And if you, if I see, you know, Marcelo teach a great class, I, I steal it you know and i figure out how to make it maybe mine and in a way that that i can communicate it with my words but you know i i see the way he puts things together so that it's not it teaches to the to the level of the where the students at of what they're going to you know what they're going to get out of it in the in the the simplest way possible so that you you don't have to go off and elaborate on principles the principles are included in the you know, in the lesson in the simplest way so that your your student discovers it rather than you delivering it and hand-feeding it, you know? And, and so much of developing expert knowledge or expert ability is your own process of discovery and taking ownership for your learning. And I try to, you know, to the best of my ability, I try to see the way my student learns and I try to tailor in some sense, what I'm teaching to that, uh, and teach just above that level so that they, they have to extend themselves, you know, to, to, and really dig to, to get that, you know? And, and then there's just the, the, the physicality of it too, is that it can't be too, you know, you kind of have to go through the fire a little bit. Like you can't, it can't just be, it can't be too easy. So I, I'm, always trying to balance
1: accessibility and experience. That's a good answer. I I did want to ask you, what can people expect when training at Masala Garcia Academy? I guess you've kind of answered that. Is there anything else that that there is to add to that? You know, I'd like to think the most important thing, like the single most important thing
0: is that we, uh, is we're welcoming, you know, we're nice to people and, you know, just, Regardless of jujitsu, if you if you treat other people well and with respect, uh, it seems to come back around. I mean, that said, we have a a culture of hard work, so you can expect to train hard. But you know, if you don't want to, if it's not in your future to ever compete and you have no interest in it, you're not going to be forced into you know competition or competition training. You can just come in and train, but. The idea is, you know we built a culture and we built a room where people can train hard, uh, train safe, and you know shake hands and be friends before and after. So that's the you know, how, I think how we've framed the training and, and the culture and the environment at Marcelo's is the, is the thing I'm most proud of, and the biggest thing to hopefully uh, hopefully you can count on that when you come. And that really comes from the top. That comes from, you know, that comes from Marcelo. That's the that's the way he is, and that's the culture uh, he's created. And that's the, pe- you know, that's the product of the people he surrounded himself with at the gym. And you know, people who don't, you know, who if their ego is too big or it's it's too much about them, uh, they they usually don't end up uh, fitting in in the long term. And you know, that's. That's uh, that's the thing I'm most proud of from the gym, and I think that's our – hopefully that's what you can expect when you come train to Marcellus, you know, technical jujitsu, hard training, and a
1: good vibe at the academy. Paul, it's been great chatting to you. I've got two more questions for you. One would yeah. be, do you still get to surf in New York?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I, I surf when I can. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not as uh, – my timing is – atrocious now (laughs) but uh yeah there's 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 good surfing there's good waves here there's really good waves here it's just it's a little bit more fickle than uh what I'm used to in California you know there's not like good point breaks at least that I'm aware of for the most part it's a lot of uh, a lot of beach breaks and the sand moves around and you kind of have to be on it with the swell direction and the wind and so I usually just call my friends that are better at that stuff than I am and they tell me where it's going to be good and I try to get out there and <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I try to fish a lot too which is you know my other option for getting out of the city uh, so I try to go upstate and you know I fish the Delaware River and the Farmington River and uh, yeah and fly fish when I can as well.
1: Sounds, sounds good. Paul, been great chatting to you. If anybody wants to learn more about you and find out about you, where can they reach out to you?
0: Well, you can always walk in the Academy at Marcellos. I'm I'm there six days a week typically. Or, you know, for some part of the day I teach I teach Monday through Friday, and then I teach a class on Saturday every other week. I have a website. With- oh yeah. It's Paul uh, so you can, you can get in touch with me with that. I'm also on Instagram. Yeah. I don't really, I have a Facebook, but I'm, I'm not super on it about checking it. Yeah. That's it. Again, the easiest way is just, just come by Marcelo. So I know it's a bit far for you guys, but <laughs> you know, surprise how many Australians we have at the Academy. It's, it's at any given day. There's, there's, there's a number of Australian visit visitors there. And, and the, the, I have to say the level of, from what I see, Here in New York, the level of jujitsu is getting I mean, it's getting really high around the world and Australia is really seems to be closing the gap with a lot of really technical competitors. You know, I think being so far away from the center and being so much in the periphery, people really have to take ownership of their training. You know, like what Jess does. You know, she you have to travel and and you end up with people that are a lot more passionate about it and that's what it takes to that's what it takes to get good, you know, it's that passion.
1: That's it. Awesome. Paul, thanks again for making the time, and I hope to connect with you again soon. Anytime. Thank you, George. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And there you have it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I really did. I really learned a lot, especially as a jiu student as well. It made a big impact on me just how they break things down and Uh, especially a a key thing that stood out for me, well, one of many, but one thing that really stood out mentioning how the, it's not just about the technique, but actually just having the will and faith in the technique and trusting the technique that it's going to work. And you can't have one without the other. You can't just have the will and no technique and you can't just have technique without the will. Uh, That really, really stood out for me amongst other things. Well, thanks a lot for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show Again, show notes is at martialartsmedia.com forward slash 18. And if you enjoy the show and you enjoy all these shows, please head out to martialartsmedia.com forward slash iTunes. And there's a little picture there. Below that, you'll see a link or a blue button. It says view in iTunes. And please head over there. Just leave us a good review. A five-star review really, really helps us get our rankings up within the show. So if you are enjoying it, that is the one thing that we could ask in return, which would really, really mean a lot to a lot to us. So that's it. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll be back again next week with another episode. And have a great week. I'll chat to you soon. Cheers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.